Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Uh, so, empowered for your next, let's, uh, let's stand, open our Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to go ahead and read it. We're going to get started on Pentecost today. We're going to talk about it next weekend. And, and then after that, I'm going to take a whole week about talking about speaking in tongues and 10 things you need, 10 things, 10 reasons why every believer needs to pray in the Holy Spirit. So this is going to be on the Holy Spirit for a little while. I got this whole thing about going to the next that I just can't get away from. Um, and so, yeah, that's just where we are. Acts chapter 2, this is the event that we are celebrating next Sunday. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's one of seven feasts. Uh, I was telling them last night at the, at the reception, I said, God likes to party. He instituted seven feasts, and three of them was mandatory. Some of them were a week long, some of them were three days long, but God said, listen, if anybody needs to celebrate and be uh, happy, it should be my children, my people. Uh, and so that's what these feasts were all. When we were in Israel, our guy's Jewish man, he taught us this uh, cultural Jewish dance, and we were dancing on the Sea of Galilee on an old boat. It was amazing. Uh, so God is into that. He's into families getting together and, and just ha- playing, having a good time in him. This thing about me being holy and I'm a Christian and I got the joy of the Lord deep down in my soul. Well, it needs to get out and on your face, brother. It needs it needs to come out. And and if you are if you have eternal life and your sins are forgiven and the Holy Spirit lives in you, man, you ought to be excited. Am I at the right church today? And so uh, these big moments in life, we celebrate them and we celebrate them big. This was. Uh, uh, Pentecost Sunday. And I just want to say this, John, thank you for obeying the Lord and getting up this morning. That was beautiful what you shared in communion. And you, that little piece of harvest, that wheat that you have, we did not coordinate this at all. The, fe- the Pentecost is the feast of first fruits where they would celebrate the first fruits of the harvest. He didn't know I was talking about this today. Pentecost was a feast, three-day feast, that they would celebrate the first fruits of the crops of the harvest. So this is what's going on. While they're getting their their uh, material, everybody in Jerusalem is getting ready for the holiday. Jesus has his 120 up in the upper room praying. Think about that. And then all of a sudden, chapter 2, verse 1, the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, if I say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty Russian wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I was up in that upper room. They still have it today. It's not very big. And for 120, they were crammed in there. I know it was it was uh, pretty tight. Then there were gathered... Okay, there was all kinds of people there. No, let's keep reading. Uh, and then there appeared their divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all... Everybody say all. Who was filled with the Holy Spirit? All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That means the ability. Now look over and then look at verse 11 and this lists some of the people that were there, Cretans and Arabs, and they say, we hear them speaking in our own tongue, and this is what they were saying, the wonderful works of God. 
So they were all amazed. Now here are the three responses that everybody has when you start talking about Pentecost and, and speaking in tongues. There's three responses. There's three of them probably in this room or watching. Which category are you? The first group. So they were all, number one, amazed. That's one. Some people are amazed. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my wife saw me speaking in tongues, crying, standing there. I felt like something from heaven was just turning me inside out. She was amazed. She's never seen me shed a tear. I stood in courtrooms in front of judges facing time. I was in the, the legal system. I was, my heart was hard. She's never seen me cry. Had two beautiful daughters. I didn't shed one tear. My heart was hard. But when I stood in that living room in February 1998 and the Holy Spirit come over me, this old boy shook and cried like a baby, like a girl. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I wept and I shook because, and she was, um, she was who is this? You know, she told me, she's like, I kind of like it. Married 31 years. Come on, somebody. Hey, that happens. So some of y'all will be amazed when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You see someone get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be amazed. Okay? Then it says, and then the other group were perplexed, saying to one another, what in the world is this? There's another group. What is this? What is the meaning of this? Okay? You're going to learn something. And then the third group, don't be this group. Tell the person next to you, don't be this group. The other group, others mocked and said, these people are full of wine. These people are drunk. I know they've been, they're still hungover from in the morning. They're, 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 they're drinking. They mock. Listen, never mock what you don't understand. And as a young person growing up in church, I've seen it all, okay? I've seen it all in a Pentecostal church. Listen, everything I used to make fun of, the Holy Spirit has had me do. So let me just tell you that right now. Let me just tell you that right now. Sometimes it's easy to make fun of other people. But don't mock something you don't understand. If you don't understand it, you don't understand it. And you don't have to do everything with everybody else. You don't got to worship like everybody else. This isn't Simon Says, but we are all called to worship. We are all called to go after God. We are all called to surrender fully to Him. Now, what that looks like is different from all of us. But don't mock Pentecost and what God does. Peter stood up. We're almost done. And he says, standing with the eleven... Raised his voice. Raised his voice. I wish this church would be quiet. No, Peter, hey, they raised their voice. And said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these people are not drunk. <laughs> how do, how, that's a good opening, right? <laughs> Welcome to River of Life. We are not drunk. Come on. As you suppose, it is only the third hour, that's 9 a.m. That's what time our Thursday morning prayer is at 9 a.m. We think sometimes when the Holy Ghost comes, it's got to be at this conference overheld by so-and-so at a certain time of night with the right worship team when we're all rested up and fired up. This was at 8.30 in the morning the Holy Ghost came and the church was born. His timing isn't always our timing. Nine in the morning. These people ain't drunk. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. And I prophesy this over you right now. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I said your males and your females will prophesy. They will speak in church. They will prophesy. They will be anointed of God. They will be used of God. Men and women, says the Spirit of God, when the Holy Ghost gets on them. They will prophesy, young men shall see visions, old men will dream dreams, so generations will experience the prophetic. And on my men servants and on my maids or on my servants, God is always drawn to servants. He's always drawn to a servant heart. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven. When you're in the last days, I'll show wonders in heaven. There are so many things happening in our universe and in our skies right now. NASA can't even keep up. And I'm telling you that this thing is about ready to wind up. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm telling with all seriousness. We are in. When Peter said this, the last day's time clock hit. Pow! Tick, 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 tick. Peter said in the last days, some people are going to say, you've been saying that for a long time. And, and Peter said, that's because God is long-suffering, not wanting any to perish. But know this, that one day of the Lord is like a thousand of our years. And God has a clock and it's ticking. And I'm here to tell you, when Jesus says these things begin to appear, and all of them are here right now. He says, look up because the Lord is coming. It shall come to pass that whoever shall call, verse 21, whoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Have your way in the next few minutes. Prepare our hearts and fill us fresh with the Holy Spirit. Those that need a refilling, those that need to stir up the gift today, let it be so today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Let me just set this up with tell you a couple things. Was teaching this on Wednesdays and trying to hold off, but I've got this whole thing about spiritual warfare that I really want to get into, and I'm debating whether to bring it on Sundays or Wednesdays, this thing about angels and demons and, and this, the, the, the unseen realm, because it is happening all around us. But uh, something that I, I want to start right off, I, I call this empowered for the next, because Jesus was empowering his people to go to the next level, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know something. We as Christians are, are called to be uh, mili militant. We are to be on the offense. We are called to be the soldiers of Christ. You get that? This idea that, that Jesus was a pacifist, that we were, we were we're supposed to be pacifist, meaning we're supposed to be these, these quiet, blend-in kind of thing uh, mentality, is, is not scriptural at all. It's not at all. Now, I'm not saying to prove you're not a pacifist, throw those hands, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. You don't go pick up arms, not physically. No, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we fight. But we do war. The Bible says we don't war according to the flesh, but we do war according to the spirit. There is a spiritual... Uh, you have to learn when you become a Christian to fight the way God tells us to fight. You're going to have to learn to fight. If you want to live for God... You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight against the flesh. You're going to have to fight against the culture. You're going to have to fight against temptation. You and I got to learn to fight. You ever hear that scripture? Another one that is taken out of context so much. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? It's a great scripture. 
We all know it. That's like a theme of ours. But if you really understood what that meant, we think the gates of hell uh, will not uh, you know, prevail against the church. For some reason, we get the idea that hell is going to attack the church. The gates won't prevail. But you, gates are not a weapon. You don't fight somebody with gates, right? We're not, the, our F-16s don't drop gates out on the enemy when they fight, right? That's not an offensive weapon. What Jesus is saying is we as the church should be on the offense, kicking down the gates of hell to take back the lost and to preach the gospel. That's when you see gates is when you are going to the gate. No one chases you down the street with a gate. The police, I'm going to hit you with this gate. The gate is not a weapon. And we all think the gates of hell will not prevail as if, and we go on the defense. Listen, we're supposed to be on the offense. You, you husbands and wives and moms and dads, you are to be on the offense and fight for your family. Fight by standing for truth, standing for the word, standing for what God has taught. Stand, lead us into prayer, lead your family into prayer. Standing for truth, we are to be on the offense. The reason why many don't is because we haven't been equipped. Equipped. This is what the whole Pentecost was for. This is why Jesus said, don't leave the upper room. Because you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be equipped. You need to be empowered. You can't get out there and fight in your energy, in your education, in your charisma, in your flesh. You can't fight. You can't. Listen, willpower is not strong enough to break sin's power. Said that for years. Willpower. Okay, how strong-willed you are is not strong enough to break sin's power. It ain't. You ain't no match for it. You ain't no way. But the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Through with me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things. All these scriptures begin to come alive that we've kind of looked over when we when we start to realize what the truth is about the gospel and where we fit. So there's, there's where my mind has been with this whole being baptized. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit is what Jesus, he talked about it. He said, John baptized you with water, but I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He's promised it from day one when he came on the, on the ministry, on the scene. So what is it? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, many people have mighty anointings. Many people have mighty anointings with the Holy Spirit, but they haven't received the fullness of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's true. I'm going to teach you something here. It's true. You can love God, be on your way to heaven, be born again, and still not experience this baptism, what I'm talking about. This is, it's a second work. So in your notes, let's get through them. The first one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience in the life of a believer. The theological correct term is a second work of grace, is what it's called. But it's a separate experience in the life of the believer. Now, it only happens to those that are saved. You, can't get, you don't skip that and get filled with the Holy Spirit, used in the gifts of the Spirit, you don't want to speak in tongues and all that. You've got to first get saved. I mean, no one has ever been filled with the Holy Spirit that's, that wasn't born of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But it's the second work of grace. Now, you don't have to have it to go to heaven either. You don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. But it's not about, do I have to speak in tongues? You get to speak in tongues. That's how we need to shift this thing. 
Speaking about being suited up in the armor of God, Ephesians tells us that you need to put on the whole armor of God. Again, there's a, an offensive picture. We're given a sword and a shield. Everybody talks about that sword, but we got a shield. And then he says at the bottom of Ephesians 6, here's another weapon, praying in the Spirit. I was going to put it on the screen, but I'll put it on it later. He says, another part of your artillery is praying in the Holy Spirit. It's an offense. So what about speaking in tongues? Well, it's like boots. When you get boots, the tongues come with it. Come on, somebody. When you get a pair of boots, the tongues come with it. It goes hand in hand with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what he said, it's the second work of grace, though. I want you to see John 20, 22. This is where Jesus rose from the dead. Easter morning, in the afternoon, he gets with his disciples, everyone but Thomas, and he says to them, it is me. And he tells them, he blesses them, and then it says in verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, go to the upper room and receive the Holy Spirit. What is he talking about? John 20 says, when they were born of the Spirit. They were born again. Up until that point, that's why they didn't have a clue to what Jesus was saying. Because they weren't born of the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit of God, this book will make no sense to you. Atheists have read this book. Archaeologists have read this book to find treasure in locations. And it works. It's accurate. But to get... God's voice to speak to you and I through this book, you need the Holy Spirit. So he breathed on them. In Luke, it says, he gave them the ability to understand the word of God. What is all that? That's being born again. That's when you and I say, God, forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior come into my heart. And you turn from sin and you turn to God. At that moment, you are born again. You are a born again believer. If you died, you go right to heaven. Without being water baptized, without being spirit baptized, just like the thief on the cross, you'll go right into heaven. How many are thankful for salvation through the grace and through faith alone? That's it. But Jesus didn't say, okay, you're good now. Go start ministries. Go start whatever. Go win the world. No, no, no. He said, no, no, no. That's good that you're born again. But now you need, just like joining the military, you go from being a civilian, right, Josh? And then you enlist. Now you're a soldier. That's being born again. But you still ain't ready for combat. You still ain't ready for combat. You, you're not a civilian. you got the uniform. Now you got to go to boot camp. you got to what? Get trained. And then you got to get equipped. Tie this in with the military this morning. This is exactly... The mindset, what Jesus is saying. Because he says, don't go anywhere until you get equipped. You get empowered. They didn't even know what was going to happen. They didn't even know about speaking in tongues. Jesus never told them specifically that. He did say, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will drive out devils and they will speak with new tongues. But he never said specifically, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will speak in other tongues. And that will be your prayer language. And you can also use it as a gift and grace. He did not go into detail. He just said, go and wait to be endued with power from on high. And I love their attitude. They were like, okay. I don't, I don't need a six-month series on telling me and explaining to me what it was. Because sometimes we get in trouble trying to understand God. We're never told to understand God. Nowhere in this book we're just told to believe Him. And I know it's hard in our American, Western, 21st century mindset. we got to know everything. 
before we trust. And that's our biggest problem. Remember in science class when you dissect that, whatever you dissect, somebody dissected guinea pigs. and We had worms. Our budget was tight in e-course. And I think the freshmen were the ones that went out and got them. That's why our science teacher would water that lawn every night. Shh. What you doing, Mr. Watt? Getting ready for in the morning. Be here early. <laughs> Some of y'all went to them nice schools. Hallelujah. Dissected cats and all kind of stuff. They did. Some of y'all, you know, really getting into it. Here's the point. The more you dissect whatever it is you dissect, the more, the more you get into it, the least it looks like its original condition. And sometimes you and I have tried to dissect the Holy Ghost and the things of God into this category and that category. Is this the devil? Is this me? Is that God? Is this me? Is this that? And God is standing right in front of you saying, just go! But i got to know everything. Peter, you want to walk on water? I'm going to wait for you to ask me. And the only thing Peter said is, Lord, is that you? I love Peter. Peter had a lot of issues, but he didn't have... He, he had faith. He had a lot of issues, but he did have faith. He didn't say, Jesus, if that's you, explain to me in a theological dissertation of why I should be able to have the power to be overcome matter and liquid and the liquid... Oh, Jesus was like, well, I'm, I'm moving over here. Thomas to get on the water before you, brother. And Peter just looked out and said, Lord, all I need to know is that this is you, that, that, that you said to do it, that you said I need it, that you said it's a priority, that you said don't leave Jerusalem until you get it. I don't have to have it all figured out. Just tell me it's from you, and I want everything and anything that you will get me. I'll come. Woo. And Jesus said, okay, Peter. Okay, Peter, that's me. Come. Trust crazy in the world. We don't need to be convinced to do all and try all kind of stuff. People will try all kind of crazy stuff out here. Introduced to at a party or something. Try this. Try that. People experiment with all kind of weird stuff. And I come along and tell you that God wants to fill you with his spirit and give you a prayer language. And you go, that is the weirdest thing ever. It is not weird. The Bible is not weird. Here's my new saying. You're weird. So they were he breathed on them. It was symbolic, theologically, to give you a little bit of a comparison of when God breathed into Adam, and he became a living being. Jesus breathed in his disciples. They were born again by the Spirit. It's a separate experience. He said, go and experience the second thing. Number two, the spiritual experience is for everyone who believes. It's for everyone who believes. It's not just for Pastor Eddie. It's not just for the apostles. It's, you know, it's not just for this. People say the apostles and the miracles have done away. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's another lie from the pit of hell. The apostolic anointing and the prophetic is very much alive and is planting churches all over the world right now as we speak. If you want to get technical, my dad, the founding pastor, has an apostolic anointing on him. That's why we're here today. He has seen Jesus. <laughs> not the way you want to see him. He coded and had a heart attack at Wyandotte Hospital. That was the way he saw the Lord. But the Lord brought him back and told him to go and make disciples and to go tell everyone. And we're standing here today with that anointing and miracles and signs and wonders. I've watched Dad do. The mayor of Ecorse called him when he pastored in Ecorse and he was dying in Wyandotte Hospital back in the late in the early 80s. And they called Downriver Assembly of God, Pastor Paul. And my dad went up there and 
laid hands on him, threw a suit jacket on him and prayed a prophetic prayer and prayed over that man. And God raised him up. Perfect health. He was in church the next Sunday. The mayor of the city of Ecor. Our church was like, whoa! And that man became one of the best friends of my dad. I don't mean to say all that, but here it went. Amen. Apostle Paul. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. The, most apostles and prophetic prophets I know, they don't really have a card, you know. And, you know, prophets have the hair, too. So that's why I don't know what I am. I mean, because I, I do have dreams. And the Bible says a dreamer. Okay, anyway. It's, a, it's for everyone. Everybody say everyone. Peter stood up in verse 39 and he goes, For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even those in Belleville, the Belvinites, downriver Indians, Southeasterns, Michigan or Ganders. Once you get a point, it's for you. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. Some of y'all might have been taught the same for me, or, you know, I'm just not ready, Pastor Eddie, you know, no, no, no. I got, a, I got so much going on at home. I got so much going on with my life. I got school. I got classes. I got kids. I got, some of y'all got all of that right now. Let me tell you this. You need it the most. Did you hear me? Do you don't think these guys had something going on in their life? Their rabbi was just hung on a cross by the Roman Empire. They're hiding in upper rooms, scared to death that they're going to be next. They're all confused on their doctrine. Everything they've ever believed in has been turned upside down in a moment like that. Scared to death. A week later, Jesus appeared to Thomas. Read it carefully. It was eight days later. They're still afraid. They were born again. They had the spirit, but they haven't received the power yet. That's why Jesus says, y'all going to be running from every devil that raises its head until you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you ain't going to be running from devils. They're going to be running from you. Let me say that over here. They didn't get it. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you ain't going to be running from them. They're going to be running from you. But you need, it is for everybody. It's for your children, moms and dads. Let me tell you something. Support your kids. We support our kids in everything. Sports. I'm all for that. Do whatever you got to do. But how about their spiritual development? Are we teaching our kids to be spiritual people? It's for everyone. My daughter Felicia was filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues at seven. Miranda, it took her longer. She had to go to camp a couple times. Hallelujah. But she, but she got it. Amen. Some of y'all, I don't know. It's no way, but it's for kids. It's for everyone. Because let me tell you something. The devil is not afraid of good moral people. He's afraid of Jesus loving people. Let me say it again. The devil is not afraid of good moral people. He's afraid of Jesus-loving people. He's afraid of spirit-filled people. That's why he tries to get people so distracted from everything and just attend church every now and then. Listen, you want to have power? You're going to have to get all in. You're going to have to get all in, bro. You can hang out in the shallow end and go ahead. I'm not judging you, but I'm telling you, when them sharks start coming and when life begins to come, and it's going to come on the rain, it rains on the righteous and the wicked. And when all this stuff begins to hit you from others ever side, you need some help, brother. And Jesus said, I'm going to send to you the helper who will be in you. Who will be in you. You just got to learn to stir it up. You've got to learn to stir it up and walk in that power today. 
Y'all got the right church? Y'all with me this morning? It's for everyone. Devil ain't afraid of good moral people. There's a lot of good moral people. Listen, can you handle a little more? There's a lot of good moral people who are going to miss heaven because they don't know Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the only way. Do you know Muslims, the Muslim faith, they are some holy people when it comes to substances. When it comes, there's other religions that are very, monks, you kidding me? Very moral people. So if being moral and good was the goal, Jesus didn't even have to come to die. Because you can get moral and disciplined all on your own. The only way for you and I to get into heaven is if you got a ticket. That ticket is Jesus Christ. It's blood red. Don't care how educated and if you've been a monk or I don't know what religion you're from, you're orthodox this and orthodox that, and you can speak in Hebrew and you call Adonai Yahweh Elohim and Yeshua Messiah, and you got all those words and names down packed and your Bible is lit up and you share Facebook posts every day, but if you don't have the card that's dipped in red and the Spirit of God dwelling in you, I'm here in love telling you, you've been deceived, bro. You've been deceived. I'm just trying to help you. Trying to help you. That ain't going to work. With all the love I can tell you today, you need Jesus. I'm glad you're at church. And I'm glad you're a moral person. Because watch this. When you get Jesus, you get moral. That was a weak amen. When you get Jesus, you leave some of that stuff alone. And here's the way that you leave it alone. is by the help of the Holy Spirit. I couldn't kick a habit. I couldn't quit cussing. I couldn't quit swearing. You cut me off. I'll tell you what I think about you in a second flat before I even hit that blinker. I don't even hit my blinker. It's not like people knowing what I'm thinking. That was me. I couldn't quit anything. Tried it. Tried to clean myself up and start coming to church and see if I can live a moral life. Right before I got saved, I tried to quit smoking, quit drinking. I smoked everybody's cigarettes, drank everybody's beer. They would say, Eddie, here come Eddie. You trying this stuff again? They almost started praying for me. Please get something. Quick, because it'd be cheaper for both of us. But when I got saved, November the 5th, 1997, when I said, God, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. My life is a wreck. I need you to come into my life and I surrender everything to you. I, I repent of my sin. I turn from it, God. I want to be all in. I don't care if I'm made fun of. I don't, I don't even understand everything. Just here I am, God. He heard that prayer. And he went, Woke up the next morning in my hotel room, and I said, man, I even feel different. The sky was bluer. It was. I know. It's weird. It was. Everything was different. What happened? I got born again. And you get born again by faith, by the way. It's not by feelings. But I've learned something about the Holy Spirit. Feelings will come with it. You read all in the scripture, they were feeling the Holy Ghost. They came out in the streets. When you get the fire of God in your belly, it, something's going to come out. And that's getting to the third point. I, I really do bad at these outlines. Okay, speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, this is where we get some people that park. They're with me up until here. And they go, Err! 
or they try to get off the ramp. Let me tell you something. There's other evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Ephesians 5 says, do not be drunk of wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. And he lists. You speak with one another. You sing to one another in spiritual songs. And a lot of it's the tongue. But when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, starting here in chapter 2, verse all the way through the chapter, and I gave you six or eight scriptures in your notes. Those are all examples. I'm not going to go to them. Go and read them. Every time they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Sometimes they even prophesied too, but they always prayed in tongues. What was that for? This is something that you and I need to know. And some, some believers shy away from this. Even some pastors, I've heard some pastors talk about, you know, praying in tongues and they're so, you know, feeble and they try to do their best to not scare nobody and offend them. And I'm like, please, you need to get filled. <laughs> it's okay. Don't be ashamed of what God has done in your life. And that, that's what holds many people back. But when, our, when our spirit is full of his love and his presence, it's going to make some noise. It's like when that furnace kicks on, that fire burns, then all of a sudden when it starts blowing through your house, you start hearing that blower kick in, you hear it. Let me tell you something, when the fire of God burns on the inside of you, you're going to make some noise, brother. It's going to come out. It's going to rattle. It's going to make noise. It's going to be a beautiful noise unto God. It's in the spirit. It's a spiritual language that's not known to you. But it's known to God, and some may even know what it is when they hear it, like they did in Acts chapter 2. But Paul comes along, and he tells us deeper, and teaches in 1 Corinthians 14, and he says, when you and I speak in tongue, know that we do not speak to men. For no one understands him. What's he talking about? I thought they understood him in, in Acts. But yeah, that was an introduction that God brought with fire and tongues. That doesn't happen either all the time. That was an introduction. He was introducing that, hey, he's got a new weapon for his believers. And it has to do with this thing that has caused more damage than anything. Is this. God said, I'm going to get a hold of it. I'm going to sanctify it. And I'm going to do battle with the devil with it. When you're in a public setting, that's where the gift of tongues needs to have an interpretation. But you receive the ability to pray in this tongue. This language is a spiritual language. He says, look, no one understands him. However, underline this, remember this, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You know, it's back to the military. You know, the military, they have a thing called Morse code. And I just checked. They still use it. You know what Morse code is? It's a signal to you and me. It sounds like beep, 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 beep. It's like, quit, turn it off. You're annoying me. But to the other person, to the two people that are communicating, sometimes the guy that's doing it don't even understand his message. He's just told by a higher authority to send this message. He does not even understand what he's seeing. But let me tell you one thing that is clear. The person on the other side receives clearly what is being communicated and he knows and he's understanding. Paul says, when we speak in tongues, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, your mind don't know what you're saying. It may sound like beep, 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 whatever, but your spirit is praying mysteries Unto God that's saying, help me in my finances. Help me in my temptation. Help me in my flesh. Help me in my marriage. Help me, oh God. Come on, give me praise today if you believe that. Give me praise today. Hallelujah. 
I know a guy, he's a pastor now. He tried to get filled and nothing ever happened. And then one, one time at 3 o'clock in the morning, he woke up praying in tongues. He went downstairs and he told his wife, he said, honey, I finally got filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, I heard you. He said, why did that happen at 3 in the morning? His wife, the prophetic woman that our wives are, said, honey, you're so hard-headed, God can't get it through you when you're awake. He's got to wait till you're asleep. He went to his pastor and said, Pastor, this is what my wife told me. And before he could say it, he just told what happened. And he says, it sounds like God is trying to work with your hard-headedness, and he had to wait till you were asleep. This man is Robert Morris, who pastors Gateway Church, who's Carrie Job's pastor. He was raised Baptist his whole life that was taught that the gifts died. That's that, that man. Because he has such a stronghold in his mind that he was just good enough being saved, that he really didn't need it. Look what God has done through that man's ministry. Let me tell you what is waiting on the other side of you and I from getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm trying to... Let, go ahead and stand so I'll stop. I, I, I do want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Just look at what's going on on the other side of being filled. The last thing I want to say is the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you. And this is the main point, but I've been saying it all along, so it's okay. It's the, He empowers us for the work of God. Let me just say this. Back to being on the offense. You and I, some of us, God has never had a problem since Satan's been on the earth. The devil is not God's problem. What God has had a problem with since the beginning is he's had a problem with his weapons. He hasn't had a problem with the devil. He had a problem with his weapon, Eve. He had a problem with Adam. He had a problem with his weapon. He's looking for weapons that will be that will give him opportunity and will be effective to fight against the enemy. Listen, let me put it like this. God is not going to send help from another way. You are the weapon. I gotta overcome. I gotta do this. I'm fighting the devil. You are the weapon. Greater is he that is. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. What did Paul say? Don't say it's in heaven and it's yet to come. Don't say it's in the belly of the earth that I got. The word is in your mouth. It is near your heart. It is in you. You are the weapon. You are the weapon. In the book of Jeremiah, it's in your notes, so I give it to you. The whole chapter 51, God pronounces a prophetic warning about the end time Babylon, which is rising right now. And he says to Babylon, I love this scripture, he says, you are my hammer. You are my hammer and my weapon of war. Ask the person next to you, he said, did you think you were a weapon? Because you know what causes damage? We blame it on the devil. You know what causes church splits, home splits, affairs? The devil may be tempted, but it's us that causes all that problem. James says our tongue is set on fire by the flames of hell. But if I can blame it on the devil, I'm no longer accountable. We're the problem. Jesus said, I can't let you all go start a church unless you first get equipped. Because you're going to be like Peter, cutting ears off, losing your temper, messing up everybody. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter. You need to get that temper under control, Peter. You need to get that attitude under control, Peter. 
You are the weapon. Come on, how many needs to be empowered today? You just got a revelation that you are the weapon. Right here, you've been, this is a prophetic word. You are the weapon. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.